Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Hey, man, Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Always want to give a shout out to our listeners and sponsors for all of your amazing support. Any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media outlets for updates and news. Very, very excited about the podcast today and someone that I've always wanted to talk to as I get to speak with musician, College World Series champion for Stanford, 13-year MLB pitcher, three-time All-Star, and 1993 Cy Young Award winner, Black Jack McDowell. Make sure to follow Jack on Instagram at BlackJackMcDowell and do yourself a favor and download his music from his band Stick Figure. And again, thank you to Jack for allowing us to use one of his songs for today's episode. Let's welcome Jack McDowell. Sideways. <laughs> yeah, everyone always tells me, turn it sideways. <laughs> I mean, I can do this if you want. Let me go. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing all right. I don't know why that's so nice, but no. <laughs> There we go. All right, right, cool. There we go. Cool. Brother, thank you for doing this. All right. I have to be honest with you. You're somebody I've been wanting to talk to for, like, since we started The Abstract Athlete, because just talking about this relationship between, like, creativity, obviously music for you and sports, and... (laughs) Randomly enough, I actually grew up in Columbus, Ohio and played baseball at Ohio State. I actually saw Stick Figure play up in Cleveland. And I believe it was, did you guys play at Undercurrents one year? I forget the names of all the places we played, but we did play at the one times, right? It was kind of the downtown in that little building. Was it Peabody's? I, yeah, you know what? That sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. No, I it's just funny to me because it's it's one of those random things. My band actually played up at, at that that I guess festival undercurrents a couple of times, and I don't know if that was one of the years we played up there, but I just remember I wanted to go see your band first of all because your old band View opened up for the Smithereens, which was you know like one of my favorite bands, and you have that cool relationship with with Eddie Vedder and like a big huge Pearl Jam fan. And, and I also, like I said, I played baseball. So like in some weird way, you were like this person to me that kind of knocked down those walls of like, yes, you're allowed to be a professional baseball player and have a creative outlet as well. 
And so, like I like like I said, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh shit, I gotta get Jack McDowell on this podcast because <laughs> you know. Um, but thank you again for doing this. And you know, like I said, I do want to chat a little bit about baseball, chat about music. I know you've done some coaching here recently, um, at least in the last couple of years, um, and just kind of all over the place. Um, because I, I I'm just like interested. One of the things I talk to a lot of former and or current athletes that are also creative is kind of that is that relationship because I always felt weird when I, because I did both things. Like I felt like I was, you know, in a different space and you did both things at such a high level. Like, did you ever feel like you were like kind of a, you know, like an outsider in some ways because of that? Well, it was hard. It was hard to get in full time to music, obviously, because we only had a couple months to get live. Right. Occasionally, we'd do stuff during the season, maybe like one time or two times. But to preset when you're going to do a, a a concert, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you don't know when you're actually going to pitch. That's kind of <laughs> where there was one time when. We, we we did something in Chicago and then all of a sudden, boom, I was pitching that day <laughs> and I did it. We did, we did a little show and then I pitched that day and we lost and our GM just got so mad at me. You're out there doing something. You're not even ready to pitch. I was like, Oh, okay. That, that Here was we it. go. Here we go. Car, and that's why I lost. Okay. I don't know that, but you know, and one of the, and one of the interesting parts, I've never really talked about this much is the reason that I kind of got into music. I, I took lessons and learned how to play guitar when I was like 11 and 12 years old. And then when I went back to, to Stanford to finish up my degree, but I wasn't playing baseball, I started up again. But the thing that was weird about being at Stanford at that time, when you were an athlete, all the other people that were at the school looked at you like, oh, you only got here because you played sports. You're not smart. You know, you're this, and they were they really gave a bad attitude towards athletes yep. and that kind of made me feel weird. And so, okay, I don't want to just be an athlete. I think they kind of brainwashed me into that a little bit. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of, you know, have something else to throw out to the world that I wasn't just an athlete. That was and actually, I, that was Stanford was one of the schools that I always wanted to go play baseball at. I ended up playing at Ohio state for a year and should not have been in, I, opportunity to get drafted out of high school which you did as well you were like 20th round or something right yeah and but you went to, i should have just gone to play baseball because i should not have been in school at that time because i had no clue what the hell i was doing so it but stanford was always that you know that dream school is that i mean you grew up in van nuys was that like the dream school i know there, there was a relationship to usc with you like your brother both of my brothers played, played there at usc okay yeah, but I was when I was being recruited was Rod Dato's last year. The head coach won all those titles and did everything, and they didn't even know who the new coach was going to be. So, and I mean, and I used to hang out there from the time you know I was seven years and eight years younger than my brothers, yeah. and so I used to go to all the games, and so I knew Rod for years and years. And so when he recruited me, I'm just like, "Well, you aren't, you aren't even going to be coaching, coach. <laughs> oh, who's coming here?" What <laughs> what's going on and you know basically everybody in the pack you know was a six pack back then was recruiting me so 
you know, I had all the options. So Stanford ended up being the one. Yeah. Now it's, it is like, it's just one of those, those spaces. So you did just going back to the, to the music stuff. So you like actually took lessons. You were like learning how to play. Did you grow up? Like, I mean, you obviously grew up in a family that was very sports in or, or oriented. Did you grow up like in a creative family? Like did, did anybody else play music or was anybody else like a, a, you know, a painter or anything like that? Well, my sister, my sister played piano. And when she got her first jobs, they were in the music industry. Oh, wow. uh, MCA, she worked for a couple different uh, places. And so it was cool. So every time a new band came out with their record, we always had it months before it got put out in the stores and we heard it all. And I just loved listening to music as a kid. And, you know, once I learned how to kind of play the guitar, I'd sit there and try to learn the songs by listening to them. And I'd write down the lyrics because I was a big fan of lyrics too. That was, you know, that was back in the day. You'd you'd had to, you know, wait till your song came on, hit the play record on the cassette recorder and record the song, listen to it over and over. That was, I guess, the the cheating way to get the song, but that's kind of what we did. And, you know, you listen to it over and over and I got into lyrics. I got into all that stuff, but never really wrote a song. Till I went back to Stanford after signing pro ball and playing that first late, the, the late uh, summer and went back to finish up school, but I wasn't playing baseball. So I'm going to class and getting out of class and going, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> no, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do all day sitting here. I was, you know, would be out at the baseball field for five hours every day. But now I don't know what to do. So I brought my guitar up and started playing songs. And that's kind of how View started because Lee Plamel was still playing at Stanford in the senior year. And he ended up being our bass player. And I started writing songs in the apartment that I was renting there. And so he said, oh, I can I can do some stuff. I played piano. Let me try playing bass. And so we would do stuff together and learn stuff together. And it was cool. How did you how did you hook up with that tour with the Smithereens? And because that's they were like. You did that in 92, is that right? 92? Yeah, or two. Yeah. I mean, they were like... Long ago, it's hard to remember the exact... I know, thing. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so, so here's the way Here's the way that went. Is we did an acoustic thing on the Roy Firestone show. Oh. I went there with, with two of my band members, and we did an acoustic version of a couple of songs of our first View record. And... I guess Mike Maceros was a big baseball fan and he watched it really liked the songs that we did and was like, wow, they're really cool. And so he talked to Pat and and said, Hey, can we, you know, can we have these guys come and be our opening act for this, this summer or this, there was a winter, sorry, fall, winter. And, and they offer, they offered to do it. And that was kind of the the first real concert we ever did was (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's not mess this up. But it was, cool and it ended up being pretty cool so that was fun what did what did you grow up like what did you grow up listening to out uh, you know you said you listen to music all the time and like what was like what was the stuff you were that got you going well my brothers were huge beatles fans so obviously if you're into the beatles and hear all that and how they move forward with everything and you know came up with the distorted electric guitar ideas and all that kind of stuff i mean they they started everything that was 
what kind of started it off, you know, between that and the who, then my brothers, as I got to the high school, really loved Jethro Tull. And that was, <laughs> I got to listen to that a lot and become a fan of him doing, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can do the one leg up and, you know, do my flute, but that was, that was his move. Yeah. Ian, Ian Anderson. Absolutely. <laughs> No, it's the, the funny part about the abstract athlete is actually I met my business partner working in a record store. So our love of music from then, and I was singing in bands back then and, and, you know, toured all over like the Ohio area. We played in New York a lot and different stuff like that. So the, the, the strangeness that this, this kind of business actually, the origins of it were built in a record store 30 years ago in some weird way. So, but it's, it's like, to me that those nineties, like you just had a wild ride, like in the nineties, like the early mid nineties, because first of all, like you're a dominant pitcher, you know, you won the Cy Young in 93, like going on tour with the smithereens, <laughs> like starting stick figure band with, with, uh, you know, the smithereens bass player playing all these shows, like doing all this stuff, friends with Eddie Vedder, like, like there's so much like was it chaotic was it like just like this is like a dream do you, did it even seem real at the time in some ways oh it was, it was cool it looked like it was moving forward and the the thing about the the Eddie Vedder that a lot of people don't really know about is I knew Ed kind of right about before Pearl Jam started because he was in in California and my ex-wife were roommates at a time growing up and doing school and so when I met my ex-wife and we started dating, she's like, oh, you play music too? Oh, I, oh my, my best friend's, you know, husband plays music too. You know, we should, we should meet. So we <laughs> met, met him and it was cool. And, you know, and it was like, boom, and here we are. Pearl Jam's out. And it was funny because before the record even came out, I had a copy of the record. I remember taking it to one of the big radio stations in Chicago who we had done stuff with and done some acoustic stuff in, in their office and stuff. And I said, Hey, you got to start playing this because these guys are going to be big. I said, this song alive yeah. is my favorite on the record. You should start playing it. And it was very interesting because they got into it and they actually went with it. They bought into it, <laughs> you know, which is cool. Oh my so, God, so is this breaking news that you broke Pearl Jam? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I helped it. Heck yeah. Way before, I think way before the, their music dudes got it in there. Yeah. And the, another funny story about all that was we were playing and we were supposed to play in New York and we had, we had a concert and then all of a sudden you know, drive there from Chicago. We're all, you know, we're all there. We're doing a show. It's supposed to just do an acoustic performance. And all of a sudden Pearl Jam walks up <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Hey, what's going on guys? Where's that? And you know, it's not here yet, but the other guys who I'd met before, you know, I'm sitting there talking to them. Hey, what's going on? Like, Oh yeah. Well, our, our opening record concerts here tonight. We kind of took over for you guys. And so we got canceled. <laughs> and we, canceled for them and, and we didn't even know they didn't even know either it's like wait you really guys are gonna play <laughs> all right well we watch this show that'll be cool uh, that's great i was at my band was actually supposed to open for pearl jam in columbus uh like right when 10 was breaking so it was like at a small like 
God, I can't remember the size of the venue, like a thousand, twelve hundred seat thing. And we were like set, we were on the bill. And then all of a sudden they brought that band 11, if you remember them. And like, so we got kicked off the bill and I was like, damn it. Damn yeah. it. Cause the same kind of feeling to me is that first time I listened to 10, it was just kind of like, what in the hell am I listening to? Like, it was just so different. And Eddie's voice, I, you know, it just, it, it just goes right through you. And, and, you know, and I, you know, I knew of, of, you know, Green River and, and, um, and, uh, Mother Love Bone and stuff. So I knew the members of, you know, like Pearl Jam besides Eddie Vedder and just like love that stuff. But just when that came out, it was just, it was such an energetic music time that I, I, I teach at Virginia Commonwealth and I talk to my students, you know, about all different kinds of things. And I deal with a lot of student athletes, a lot of baseball players, as a matter of fact, but I always say that there hasn't been a music movement like the nineties since. And it was just so different. And so like, it was culturally like it changed everything. And it was just so weird and cool to be involved in that. I'm sure for you is the same way on top of the fact that you're a professional baseball player. It just, it had to be just, just energizing. Oh, it was cool. And one of the coolest concerts of that year when it all first started was when we're, you know, back home in the off season and all of a sudden, Oh, there's Pearl Jam coming in and they're playing with Nirvana and chili peppers. And I got to go backstage and just hang out with all those guys. And I think back now and I'm like, wow, you know, at the time, it was there, everyone was just beginning and starting and realized, you know, how great everyone was going to be. But we loved the records already. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it is. It's, it's weird just to think back about that time period. And uh, one, of, one of the bummers about the time period thing to me is you no longer have the, the, the CDs or the records with the artwork, yep. the, the lyrics, the cool stuff. And that was such a fun thing to produce also. Do the music, but then put this cool artwork and do, you know, different pictures for the music and the, you know, how are you going to cover the CD? And I look at all my stuff and I'm going, that is such a loss. Now it's all just technology and everything's yep. flying through the air. Yep. I don't like much. I, I, I... It's, I, I'm the same way. Like I have, there's a little bit of a love hate with me cause I don't play any instruments, but I always have music in my head. So for me to be able to write music on GarageBand is a great tool, but I give it to my musician friends to actually make the actual music. But I agree. Like it's, it's so weird. Like, you know, I used to love going to a record store and working in a record store and flipping through stuff and literally buying albums based on the artwork you know, of, of that. And it just doesn't happen anymore. And it's like now Spotify tells me what I should listen to. And, and it's just, it, it's just not the same. It's just, it, it is like, it's a bizarre, it, it's, it's bizarre how technology, and even for, I just read an article that you did, uh, I think pretty recently about baseball and technology as well. And it's like, it's, I, you know, like, obviously we have to sit here and go that, well, this is happening, but it it's just weird. Like I, I read that, I think the minor leagues this year are going to be using, uh, digital umpires and, and I hate the putting the guy on second base rule, which I think they got rid of. It's just like baseball's baseball. It's a beautiful game. Let it happen. You know, like why, why does it have to be what it, you know, like they're trying to speed it up obviously. And it's, 
you know what? Speed it up by getting rid of all the commercials. <laughs> you can't speed up the game. And that that specifically shows you how clueless these actual metrics guys are. Yep. Oh, we're going to speed up the baseball game. You guys are idiots. You're <laughs> not do it. Yep. Let, let me just give everybody an idea why it's impossible and it's not realistic to ever speed up baseball. Because, okay, let's, you know, oh, the 22nd rule between pitches, that'll save us seven to eight minutes of the game, this and that. Well, guess what? If this guy walks a guy, that's another seven and eight minutes. Another base hit during that, that's another three or four minutes. And you're going to tell me you know how many of those minutes are going to happen during a game? No. It's just nothing to do with anything. Baseball, it just happens the way it happens. You can't speed it up. It doesn't, there's nothing you can do to speed it up. And the fact that they're still talking about that and they don't, they still don't understand that that is a bunch of BS. It's not real. You can't do it because that's not the way the game works. That will show you guys, everybody, that the metrics and all the stuff that they're pushing down your throats now is false. Yep. It's not real. No, I, I, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you. I get, I, it's just, it's such an interesting, you know, like that article, I can't remember what the article was, but you were also talking about, um, and I find this interesting too, because like when I grew up playing baseball, like I don't remember one person having Tommy John surgery and it's like, you know, you talk well, about, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, yeah, I mean, literally it was the one guy, but it's like, now it's just like every year, every pitcher goes through it. And it's, you know, you talk about like, you know, throwing instead of lifting and different, and it's true. Like they, they've, they've completely changed how, how baseball players are supposed to work out, like whether it's literally working out or just like throwing. And it's, it's. It's just, it's wild to see. And like pitchers don't throw anymore. I was like looking back at your career and how many complete games you threw. I don't know. I mean, nobody throws complete games anymore. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's a different, does it frustrate you to watch baseball now because of like these things? Well, it's mostly watching it. Yeah. Because the thing that frustrates me watching it is how the players have not been taught how to actually play the game. Yeah. I mean, You've probably seen it too. You got pitchers not backing up bases, not covering. For, you're like, when you're in pro ball, who the heck taught you from little league up? My same in coaching college ball and coaching pro ball, like I did, I'm doing the same. I'm having to do the same practices at those levels that I do with the little league kids because these guys don't know anything about it. It's like, oh, we're just in an indoor facility throwing, you know, skipping and throwing into a net to see how hard I throw. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything. There's two, there's two things on that. You know, remember when, when we were growing up, well, that's another thing. Why are there no complete games anymore? Well, the metrics guys say that third time through the lineup is the hardest time because they've already seen all your pitches. They've timed you up and they're ready. That is not true. Go do actual metrics of that stuff with your best pitchers. And what did we hear when we were growing up? Okay, this is a really good pitcher. If you don't get him early and he gets into his rotation, into his movement, it gets a feel for everything that he needs, 
he's going to blow you away. You got to get after the good pitchers early in the game. Okay, well, why did that disappear and completely turn around? That was reality. That wasn't a measured thing. That was actual watching, brain, and seeing exactly the way things happen. And that is one thing I'm going to do. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to go back to all of my games. You know, you can go on the the, the stat thing and you can re- review all of the games. And I'm going to look and see what the batting averages versus first time, second time, third time through of my career was so I can stick it back to all the <laughs> fake metrics guys that say that that's a bunch of crud and how can you do that you're not letting your best guys be the best guys and you know save your bullpen for if the bullpen's needed when one of the starters doesn't do well i i I was just talking to like i have i i started a class at virginia commonwealth called art and athletics so it's combining it's kind of like what we do with this business you know it's like talking about music like you would do and stuff like that and i was talking to I think I have like six baseball players in one of my classes right now and talking to them, you know, cause they're talking, every pitcher now throws a hundred miles an hour and it's like, so what, you know, the best pitchers that I've ever seen, you're in that category, by the way, but like Greg Maddox, he threw 91 miles an hour, but he could put it on the black every time. Mariano Rivera threw the same damn pitch every time it broke this way. It broke that way. It was 91 miles an hour. If you like pitching is pitching, it's not, it's not about the, how hard you throw. Like you just said, it's about control. It's about like knowing, like getting in the brain of the, of the hitter and and beating them. It's it's, pitch to pitch, man. It's not throw it hard. And the thing these guys need to understand too, go watch videos of when we threw in the nineties, the guys that were low nineties, throwers, which is all of us. Nobody threw me. <laughs> I have 96, according to the way they measured it back then. The jug's gone. <laughs> They're measuring it differently now. And that's why everyone's throwing a hundred. It ain't, it's not that different. Go watch the videos and put one back to back on your phone and just look, this guy's throwing 91 and this guy's throwing a hundred. There ain't no difference. It's, not, it's a bunch of baloney. And the, what the reason is, the radar guns back in the day used to get the ball pretty much as a crossed home plate. Now, right as it leaves the hand, oh, it was a hundred right out of his hand. Oh, as it travels 60 feet, it's not losing any. Come on. You, you <laughs> aren't, aren't understanding this. Oh, he's a hundred mile an hour thrower. The guys back then couldn't even pitch right now. You know, it's so, just, it's the reason that they're pushing all this. They're pushing metrics fakely like the rest of the world they're pushing all this fake stuff with metrics and technology and it's like you know how about how about bands where where are the bands that actually can play great music it ain't done it ain't like that anymore like you said it's garage band everyone just does their stuff at home yep. does all, and your vocals are manipulated to the nth degree it ain't about just having a great voice it's about can you control you know, being able to fix when you didn't sing exactly right. And you, you know, then you can put this little warble at the end. It sounds like you got to create a great voice. <laughs> yep. People don't understand the difference. It ain't about talent anymore. It's not. No, that's the, that's the weird part to me. <clears throat> it, it's, it's, uh, I, I do, I was again, like talking to somebody the other day. It's like now, you know, we used to go into 
don't know, million, I don't want to say million dollar studios to record, but I guess they were million dollar studios to record. And now you can do everything at home. And it's just like, mm, it's just not the same. It's just, it's a different, it's a different game. Like literally it's a different game. And I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there is that I'm, it's nostalgia. Like I miss that stuff. I do you like, obviously during COVID it's a little weird, but did you still go watch bands at all? Like, do you still play at all? Like, I noticed you put out a you put out a parody song recently. I saw, but do you like still have like these moments of wanting to record and do those things and playing out live? Uh, it's something that I'm starting to maybe possibly get back into. I haven't for a while. One of the reasons was, you know, we were never a huge, huge band that was going to go to a stadium right. and all the small places to play. It's like they started disappearing left and right. So there really wasn't anything to do. And so I was like, ah, I see where this is going. So, you know, it was going to be tough anyway. So I kind of got out of that. And I probably, if I didn't get remarried and have kids again, which I'm in the middle of right now, I probably would have stayed more in the music industry, but raising the kids and then they're all playing baseball and doing more coaching baseball than I was music. But <laughs> watching where the baseball thing is going is so frustrating and so ridiculous that I'm like, okay, I can, I'll just coach the high star, you know, coach the t-ball kids right. let them baseball so when they get to, you know the high school college level to blow away all these other guys don't know about it because they haven't been taught the right things yeah now it's it's just it's just so bizarre to like to think about all that want to take a quick break make sure to follow jack on instagram at blackjack mcdowell and go pick up some of his music from his band stick figure also, remember to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Now, back to Jack. Well, this is great. This is fun, but all the same I'd like to feel something. That stuff. Who, like, growing up, like, did you play other sports? Like, you're a big dude. I, I assume maybe you played basketball. Oh, yeah. High school, I was basketball, football, baseball. Okay. Did it all. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, that's what you were supposed to do back then. Yep. Do them. Absolutely. So who are like some of the, and, and this is going to be like, I, I ask this question a lot because I'm always just fascinated by people's um, like responses, but who are like some like people you look looked up to um, and it can be athletically and then maybe we can talk about musically as well at some point in time, but like, as I mean, were you straight pitcher? Did you play um, play the field? I assume as well because you're an athlete. You probably played in the field the days you weren't pitching. Yeah, I was a shortstop. I mean, I oh, went to college as a two way guy. Oh, cool! I'll get, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. Uh, you know, but didn't get a chance to play. You know, in really at all. Yeah. Who? So who were like some of the like? Did you look up to any um, any athletes that like made you like like? create your drive in some ways well i mean I, I grew up in la so we were you know dodgers rams and lakers fans yeah. you know that was the whole deal back then yeah and so yeah it was cool watching all that because they were everybody was, those three were pretty darn good back then you know back in the 70 late 70s with the dodgers they were cruising Steve Garvey, uh, when I was in Little Leagues, number six was the number that I got. 
I used to imitate his his uh, <laughs> batting stance. We used to do that back in the day. It's like we could, you know, Joe Morgan, Morgan, you know, yeah, and just do all those. Like, and I, it's it's funny to think back about how influential athletes were were to me. Like, I mean, even like probably to you as well. Growing up, like I just like Daryl Strawberry was like such a influence as a baseball player. Unfortunately, like he got derailed, and but he seems like he's really come out in back in such a good way. But Willie Mays to me as a, cause I was a center fielder, like just watching film on Willie Mays. It's just like, this guy's otherworldly, like what he's doing and, and just how kind of influential they were in terms of, I think for me, like in terms of discipline, like thinking about how, like how hard they worked and what they did and, and how they really owned the game. Um, was such and Magic Johnson. You spoke spoke about the Lakers. Like Magic Johnson was like this this guy that just. I mean, he played a different game as far as I was concerned to to watching other other people. I mean, it was. I don't know. I mean that it's 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 different. Like sports are just different. Like it's it's weird to watch in some ways sometimes to me. Yeah. So well, the thing about baseball compared to the other sports is. Basketball and football, if you are athletic, strong and athletic, you're probably going to be pretty good in those sports. Yep. Okay? Baseball is not that. Baseball, yeah, you, you, you can be strong and athletic. That's going to help. But being smart, making adjustments, like I said, pitch to pitch, defensively, running bases, hitting, pitching, is all pitch to pitch adjustment. You know, watch how this guy swung here. Ooh, I'm going to take two steps left because I don't think he's going to catch up to a fastball again. You know, that kind of stuff. That stuff has disappeared. Yep. Now it's all predetermined. Yep. Oh, we're going to shift. You know, this and, and the hitters not making adjustment, just laughing. I feel like I could go hit right now. You want to shift against me? <laughs> I'll hit five on this. Absolutely. You don't think that I can just play pepper and nope. just go, oh, a cruddy ground ball over here. I just read. I just read. Who was it? Uh, God, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Somebody just said something about he was all pissed off about the shift, and to me, it's like hit it the other way. You, I mean, yeah. like, the, the, I, well, like, yeah. Uh, and you say, oh, I can't hit you know doubles and triples. How am I supposed to hit doubles and triples? I'm like, oh, wait a minute, because this the. Second baseman is like 15 feet into the grass. Where do you hit your doubles? <laughs> you hit doubles down the line yep. or in the gap, yep. not over the second baseman's head. You know, that's not a double if you hit the ball to where he is, you know, because that would go right to the right fielder. Yep. No sense. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You doubles and triples. Hit a gap, man. Yep. Gaps are still there in the outfield. Yep. And hit one down the line. That's your doubles and triples are there. That's where they come from. It was cl it's classic. It, it was. Cl I'm trying to remember who the hell it was now. It's somebody that went to the Yankees, uh, and he's a he's just a power hitter, and that's all he is. And that so he's he's a he's a Yankee power power hitter, and it's just like, dude, just come on. So who like do you um obviously like again like you're busy you got. Kids, you're coaching, you're doing different things, but you still listen to music. Is there anybody that you listen to recently that rocks rocks your world? Have you listened yeah. to Eddie's new Earthlings? 
I haven't heard that okay. yet. No. I just started um, listening to it the other day. It's pretty good. Yeah. About, right. A couple few days yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah no, it's uh, mostly just listening to classic rock stations, yep. you know, <laughs> A lot of new stuff just kind of, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't really blow me up too good right now. Yeah. Now, it's, and you, whenever you say that, you're like, oh, you're just an old man. You just, <laughs> get oh, off you, my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I still think that stuff is better. So whatever. Do you? Th- you just coached a team. La- was it last year? Um, like it was like a summer league team, right? Um, uh, it was a college. Yeah. Okay. Do you, I, cause to me, like you would be such a great coach because you know, you, you're, you're about the fundamentals, which I think are like really obviously important. And you're about understanding the game as opposed to the metrics. Do you like think about getting back into it? Like more, like more like you, cause I know you were doing some coaching a couple of years back, but then you did that thing this summer. I mean, is it something that you're, still in your in your brain a little bit well i mean i've coached basically since i left baseball professionally i've coached every year i've coached from t-ball to pro ball and there hasn't been any any years that i've taken off this summer i'll be coaching my seventh graders uh summer travel team that we have put together so that'll be something that i'm doing and so yeah, it's constant now. To get back into pro ball, it's, it's going to have to change big time. I'm going to watch. You know, I, well, I was hoping the season would start. Who knows? I don't even know if they're even going to have a season. I said during the summer, I re- I told all the coaches on that summer league team that you watch what's going to happen. They're going to cancel next season. They're trying to knock, trying to knock baseball out. And they're trying to knock America out. They're trying. And how do you think you're going to chip away at that? You chip away at at sports, this and that. Then this COVID stuff comes and look at all the schools that canceled sports. Wait a minute. Am I a a conspiracy theorist or I just project something that's probably real? And now look what's happening, you know, six, seven months later in baseball. I was kind of correct. Let's see if the whole thing canceled. You know, I could see it coming. And I wish that we could just find some rich dudes who wanted to start a new baseball league, a new pro league, and go, you know, like they, they did against the NFL the one time. Let's just try it. Let's just get it going and do re- real baseball again. There's enough guys out there that would want to do it. There's, at least they have minor league. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I'm, I'm friends with the um, president of the minor league team here in Richmond, and they're um, – I don't know why, again, like I don't understand the fact that they're still playing minor league baseball. If like I was a professional player, I'd just like, well, okay, I'll just go down and play triple A or double A just to play. And, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I got fingers crossed, but I just, I don't know. Like, I just think they're going to lose more people to it, to the fact that they're uh, not going to play. Oh, you know, I don't think it's about them. I just think it, is this weird thing that they're trying to chip away yeah. at the game? Yeah, and it has nothing to do with oh the money making of this and now it's just like let's click messing around and making people more frustrated with this game, yeah. which is what they've been doing, you know. And and then let's cancel it because people mad about it, and that'll get rid of more fans, and then it'll just slowly disappear. So 
I feel like I that's what I hope not. God, I hope not. I, <laughs> you know, we, we do some stuff with, um, Brett Tomko who, um, who's a, a fantastic painter and he pitched in the same, I think he was a little later than you, right? I think he was a little later than you, but he said something once in an, in an article I read that, you know, he said the best thing for him to do after he had a bad outing was to go paint. Is that something that you thought about? Like if you had a bad outing to go play guitar, was that always kind of part of your routine in some ways? Like, cause obviously like doing creative things is like really good for mental health and for, you know, for, for relaxing us and, you know, <clears throat> not, not thinking about it. I've always, I jokingly, I say this to, to pitchers in, you know, in at VCU here, it's like, you know, when you come in from pitching, I don't think you should sit there and read the charts because it's like, you know how to fucking pitch, like just sit there and doodle, like take your mind off of all the stuff around you and just, th just pitch. And you know, obviously that'll never happen, but that idea, but was that something that was ever like conscious to you that, you know, like to play music before you pitched, play it after you pitch or something like that? Yeah, for, for sure. And I, after a while, I used to bring my guitar on the road too. had to play real quiet in the hotel room though. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I uh, brought the acoustic to begin with and then I'm like, okay, I can't do that. I have to bring the electric and strum that so people can't hear it as well. And I'm not blowing people up late at night when we get home. <laughs> That's awesome. Do have any of your teammates creative in any way that you ever played with that you know of? Well, I think Bernie Williams, you know, he started mm -hmm. playing. Oh yeah. Started messing around with it when I was there and, you know, he's done a lot of stuff and gotten a lot of, a lot of favor for it for sure. Yeah. He actually, I think was up for a Grammy, I believe at one point in time, like a Latin, a Latin jazz Grammy, I think. I don't know if you want it or not. No, it's it's interesting because, like I said, we work with Tomco, and and you know the, when we started this business again, like you were one of those first people that we wanted to talk to because of, again, that relationship between the two things. But thinking back, like do you remember Tony Mandrich? Um, we work with him, and actually Randy Johnson now is a photographer, and it's somebody that, like again I want to get in touch with because he's gone from like these two different spaces, which I think are completely related, but I think a lot of people think that they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. Again, like, as I, you know, thinking about how you, like you, to me again, like one of these first people that were, was doing it simultaneously that it was, people were very aware of it. Like, Hey, Jack's actually, playing music for tonight, you know, and they have a game tomorrow or something like that. And it's, again, it was, it was this knocking down kind of the stereotypical wall. And you talked about that earlier about going to Stanford and almost being portrayed as a dumb jock. And like that to me is that other part is like, well, no, I'm not, I'm not a dumb jock. Like I actually have all these other interests. I'm a, I'm a musician. Like I'm a, I'm a critical thinker, obviously, because of how I think about music and different shit. Like, so it's again, like for me, it's like, you're, I'm going to give you the trailblazer comment, but you like, you did something that I think really changed, helps change the way that people look at athletes and, and, um, and the way that they're portrayed. It's, it's kind of like, I always say this, that 
whatever we do or whatever we're defined as, like, again, for me, I was an athlete growing up. That's who I was. But I had other interests, but nobody knew that. For you, it's like you were literally kind of known as both. And it's it's interesting to me because I do still think that that goes on, that particularly athletes, they're just known as athletes. But we all know that they have other interests and other things happening in the world. So I, I just think what you did was really important personally. Oh, that's cool. That's one of, one of the funny things I always used to talk about too is, you know, when we started making bigger money back then, they started going to the millions and we're like, oh my gosh, now it's a million tickets. And I broke in my rookie year, minimum wage was 62.5. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, the, you know, guys are making 3 million a year. You're going, whoa, that is <laughs> Right. And so we're doing that. But then we're watching what what the Hollywood stars are making, mm -hmm. you know, oh, twenty five million dollars at the same time for one show. And they're like, wow, he's the greatest actor ever. And I always used to joke about that. I said, well, guess what? If I got to go on screen to pitch my baseball game and I gave up a home run and they said, cut, cut. No, let's do this. So <laughs> I said, oh, I probably could have made 30 million dollars, too. <laughs> That's, 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 that's the difference between sports. <laughs> sports just happen the way they happen, man. Yep. And guess what? Live music just happens the way it happens. Sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're going to you know, do a wrong lyric or forget a lyric real quick. And it doesn't matter if you're the greatest one ever. That's going to happen at some point because it's just happening the way it happens. I've, I've you know? sung many songs laying on my back because I fell down on stage and it's just like, it is what it is. Like that's part of it. They're like, you're right. Like that sports and music, just live music just happen and whatever it is. Like you can't cut. I love that. You can't cut and do it again. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you, you hit the wrong chord timeout. Let's start the song. <laughs> No, it ain't happening. I said, if I give up a home run, can we cut and, and redo it? Oh, let's, man. I want to make $20 million. Let's do it. Now they are. <laughs> is there is there any, like, I, I, you know, again, like, my baseball world, you know, love my baseball. Was, was, there, was there one player that you wish you could have played against? Or, and then kind of along with that, like who was the hardest player that you pitched against? You know, I don't know the exact numbers of who owned me, but I know that one of the toughest ones that I ever faced, and I just knew it every time, was, was Roberto Almar. He crushed me all the time. And I looked up the numbers. I think he was like uh like in the 400s against me or the high 300s something like that and it was crazy it's like whatever needed to happen happened for him you know if they were down by some runs boom all of a sudden home run you know if, if they needed to get something going there's a single he you know i'm like man this guy he know he knows exactly what i'm throwing it's like he's almost a step ahead of me yeah no that's uh, i just always think it's it's interesting cuz they always say a lot of the people that you don't expect are the ones that, that are like own you, but like Alomar is obviously hall of famer. And so but is there, was there anybody like you ever wished that you could have played against just, I mean, that's a hypothetical weird one, but. Well, looking back on it all, 
and looking back at my old videos and stuff like that, I really wish that I would have been in the National League instead of the American League. <laughs> that was my <laughs> next question. You never got a hit, did you? You strike some that that the National League had back then, and you got to face a pitcher instead of the A. Yep. And then you got hit, and if you were got some stuff done, you were going to win games. And I look back and I'm like, I never got to play there. It's funny because and I went I went to one one game. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think if I was retired already. I think I was. Went back to a, a Stanford game, and all the old players came back to play the new players, and. I was hitting before the game and I'm like, Oh man, I feel good. I'm going deep. <laughs> and first, first at that, boom, home run. <laughs> you know, you know, I've been in pro ball for how long using wood bats. Now I'm back to aluminum. Are you kidding me? So this, <laughs> and I remember when all the way around got into high five, all the guys high five me. And I said, yeah, that was my forget the AL. <laughs> Should have played in the NL. <laughs> Did you, did you never got a hit though? Did you in the pros? You probably I never. Had. Yeah. I was, and here's what I say about it. Not one big league pitcher ever got me out <laughs> in a game. <laughs> I never got one reel at that. Spring uh, training stuff, but yeah. kind of that's what my funniest baseball cards is. One of the uh, Cleveland is got a Cleveland baseball card of me hitting in spring training. That's awesome. That's all. I, I'm sure I have that card somewhere. Did you like, play, did you play with Dave Berbera? Was Dave Berbera there at the same time as you? Do you remember him? I think, yeah, yeah, I think he was. He was at Ohio State uh, before. I, did, I can't remember if we actually overlapped now. Shit. I will. I think he might've been there around the same time. Do you like kind of conversely, is there ever like, obviously, I'm sure that you would have loved to have played with Pearl Jam um, at a show, but was there ever any other band? And and this could be, like, Led Zeppelin or The Who, too. Like, was there ever a band that you would ever want to play with as, like, a guest or or to open up for? Oh, anybody that was cool. <laughs> and I got to do one thing. I went to, went to see during spring training uh, out in Florida. Pearl Jam had a show, and I went out there you know, drove, I think it was like an hour and a half. I forget where exactly we went. And and I actually got to go on and grab, grab a guitar and play. We played a Neil Young cover. That's awesome. That's pretty legendary right there. <laughs> That's pretty epic. <laughs> well, dude, I, you know, again, I really appreciate you doing this because again, you're like one of those people that I've wanted to talk to for a long time that like for me, like this conversation can go on forever because there's multiple other things, you know, but I know you're a busy person and I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I do just want to, you know, say thank you because, um, and I hope you go back to recording because, you know, like, and I don't know if it would be stick figure again, but I do think like those, that, that there's a new stick figure that stole our name. I saw that. Actually, when I was when I was researching, they're from California as well. Yeah, and the the weird thing about it, I first found out about it way back when when people were like texting me and saying, "Oh, you guys are playing a show here and here," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it says player. I looked at, I'm like, "Wait, come on!" And then my whole thought about that is, 
if you're an actual good writer and creator of new stuff and all this, how can you not create a cool name for your band? Why do you have to steal my name, my name that I came up with? And so I, I, I posted this the other day on Facebook. Someone asked me about, you know, if I was going to do music and I said, yeah, I'm going to have to change, you know, going to have to change, get a new band going and change the band name. And I thought I might just call it black Jackie. And <laughs> a funny, cool one. So that might be Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome black Jackie. <laughs> cool. Start a new trend, man. No, I, because I, I, I would love actually to see you get, and not that you ever like quit, but like that, they get back into like the live performance slash recording because that those those stick figure albums were great, like both of them, and 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 you should be proud of them. Like I and I, like I said, I feel lucky that I actually got to see you guys live um, because there was there was it was I remember like being down in Columbus. There was a buzz about your band. Was and, it indoor? Was it the indoor one or was it the outdoor when we was, were out? It was indoors. I if I'm remembering correctly, it was during the undercurrents showcase um which had you know it's like a three-day thing where clubs all over uh, all over cleveland have bands playing all over the place yeah i believe that's what and i could totally be remembering this wrong but i in my head that's what what it was and i i want to say it was peabody's i can't remember the name of this other club up there it wasn't the grog shop i don't think um sounds about right that that sounds right there was a but there was another there was one outdoor thing we did. And I remember the one thing I remember about it is I had a gray shirt and I took a Sharpie and I wrote down the song list on the <laughs> shirt. And, yes. wore it. and at the end of it, someone wanted it. I had to take my shirt off and give it to somebody who watched the thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I don't have a shirt now. <laughs> So I'm like, you probably wouldn't remember that show. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I, that doesn't mean that I wasn't there. <laughs> you never know. You never know with me. So now, but I, again, man, I, I, I do, I do hope uh, that you start doing some music again. Cause um, you're good at it for, first of all. Um, and, and I, I love the fact that, you know, thinking about you as a coach as well, um, because I do think, you know, we need more mentors in, in, in ways that I think are important for teaching, teaching kids how to do things the right way, you know? And, you know, (laughs) and it's true. Like, like I, I, you know, I hear from people in baseball world that it's just the, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of players just don't care. Like, I don't know if it's a money thing or, but they just don't, they don't have that love of the game they're just playing it because they're good at it and they're making lots of money and they just and it's it's to me it's just kind of a shame and i think maybe that's in all sports in some ways but um but it's i just think you know teaching people like the the right way to play the game like what's wrong with that (laughs) yeah so really want to be good and win games well this is not what it's about this is what it's about yeah you know exactly um but yeah dude i like as i said i really appreciate this because it's it's fun for me um every time i have a baseball guy on like it's you know i got to talk to nick swisher who's played baseball at the ohio state university as well so um it was fun to talk to him and and you know again for me just being a former baseball player it's just always fun to like get back and shoot the shit but 
with you, it's extra fun because at a lower level, I did exactly what you did and, you know, playing baseball and, and being a, being a musician. And, and, uh, and so it's just, it's cool to like hear these experiences that you had and, and are having. So, um, and it just, yeah, it was just, it was a blast talking to you, man. So I appreciate it. And also, is it okay? I, I always put music that I either write or some of my stuff, um, musically, but, it, um, I always ask people, is it cool to use one of your stick figure songs for the podcast? Oh yeah, dude, whatever you cool. want, man. Cool. Well, dude, I look forward to like, stand, I'm going to send you one of my band's old songs after we're done here. Just so you can, you know, 50 watt alarm clock. See, now that's a new name, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Um, and you know, like I said, love to stay in touch. And if I'm out in Cali, I'll, I'll give you a call. We'll go grab a coffee and talk more, more sports and music. Well, I ain't in Cali anymore. Oh, that's man. right. You're on my coast. That's right. <laughs> Duh. You're like down South. You're just, you're not that far from me. I knew that. I knew that as I was saying, East coast. Duh. So, but yeah. Well, that's, that's what, I don't know which, that's the interesting thing about it is like we talked about growing up in California and LA. Well, we had the Rams, the Lakers, and the Dodgers. Well, I'm here in Charlotte. Okay. We got the Panthers yep. and, but who's the baseball team that we're supposed to be behind? Is it supposed yeah. to be Atlanta? Is it supposed to be Washington? The Florida teams? I don't know. You Who can... am I supposed to tell my kids? This is your team. <laughs> Charlotte should actually have a baseball team. They have a triple A. Do they have triple A down there? Yeah, they should. But they, yeah. you know, when they say they were going to expand the league, it was always, oh, they're going to go back to Montreal. Yeah. They're going to go to Portland or they're going to yeah. do this Charlotte's a big enough. I I have a couple people I work with down in Charlotte, so I'm down there every once in a while. Um, and and it's a big enough city to have a baseball team for sure. Oh, and, I mean, it is it, there. It is going to be crazily overpopulated. It's starting to just grow, yeah. grow, grow. That's the same with Phoenix. Phoenix is beyond out of control. It just keeps that going is. like that, and and the the circle just gets bigger and bigger. So. Well, dude, thank you, man. And, and you know, again, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Um, it'll probably be out in a couple weeks. Um, and I'll, I'll send you some promo stuff if you want to share it and stuff. But I like I do, I appreciate it. I just love talking baseball and, and music and, and right in that same space, man. So. Cool. Good cool. talking to you. Yeah, brother. Be well. You too. That was just too much fun. Uh, he really was one of those people that I kind of always wanted to talk to, uh, you know, about his athletics, his creativity, and how he smashed them together and, and showed that they really do work. And as a former baseball player, and remember watching uh, watching how much he dominated, um, it was one of those guys I always imagined facing. Also cool to relive some of the stories about his music and you know feel lucky that i actually got to see his band stick figure up in cleveland really hope jack gets back into baseball and teaches the young kids um you know really how to play uh what it really means and also look forward to hearing some of his new music in the future again make sure to follow jack on instagram at blackjack mcdowell and go pick up some of his music from his band stick figure a reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. 
Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media outlets for future events and news. Thanks again. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.